Chapter 127 of Tales of Laughter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Tales of Laughter by Nora Archibald Smith and Kate Douglas Wiggum. The Wonderful Mallet. Once upon a time there were two brothers. The elder was an honest and good man, but he was very poor, while the younger, who was dishonest and stingy, had managed to pile up a large fortune. The name of the elder was Cain, and that of the younger was Cho. Now one day Cain went to Cho's house and begged for the loan of some seed rice and some silkworm eggs for last season had been unfortunate, and he was in want of both. Cho had plenty of good rice and excellent silkworm eggs, but he was such a miser that he did not want to lend them. At the same time, he felt ashamed to refuse his brother's request, so he gave him some worm-eaten musty rice and some dead eggs, which he felt sure would never hatch. Cain, never suspecting that his brother would play him such a shabby trick, put plenty of mulberry leaves with the eggs, to be food for the silkworms when they should appear. Appear they did, and throve and grew wonderfully, much better than those of the stingy brother, who was angry and jealous when he heard of it. Going to Cain's house one day, and finding his brother was out, Cho took a knife and killed all the silkworms, cutting each poor little creature in two. Then he went home without having been seen by anybody. When Cain came home, he was dismayed to find his silkworms in this state, but he did not suspect who had done him this bad trick, and tried to feed them with mulberry leaves as before. The silkworms came to life again and doubled the number, for now each half was a living worm. They grew and throve, and the silk they spun was twice as much as Cain had expected. So now he began to prosper. The envious Cho, seeing all this, cut all his own silkworms in half. But alas, they did not come to life again. So he lost a great deal of money, and became more jealous than ever. Cain also planted the rice seed which he had borrowed from his brother, and it sprang up and grew and flourished far better than Cho's had done. The rice ripened well, and he was just intending to cut and harvest it, when a flight of a thousand upon thousands of swallows came and began to devour it. Cain was much astonished, and shouted and made as much noise as he could, in order to drive them away. They flew away, indeed, but came back immediately, so that he kept driving them away and they kept flying back again. At last he pursued them into a distant field, where he lost sight of them. He was by this time so hot and tired that he sat down to rest. By little and little his eyes closed, his head dropped away upon a mossy bank, and he fell fast asleep. Then he dreamed that a merry band of children came into the field, laughing and shouting, they sat down upon the ground in a ring, and one who seemed the eldest, a boy of fourteen or fifteen, came close to the bank on which he lay asleep, and raising a big stone near his head, 
drew from under it a small wooden mallet then in his dream kane saw this big boy stand in the middle of the ring with the mallet in his hand and asked the children each in turn what would you like the mallet to bring you the first child answered a kite the big boy shook the mallet upon which appeared immediately a fine kite with tail and string all complete the next cried a battledore out sprang a splendid battledore and a shower of shuttlecocks then a little girl shyly whispered a doll the mallet was shaken and there stood a beautifully dressed doll i should like all the fairy tale books that have ever been written in the whole world said a bright-eyed intelligent maiden and no sooner had she spoken than piles upon piles of beautiful books appeared and so at last the wishes of all the children were granted and they stayed a long time in the field with the things that the mallet had given them at last they got tired and prepared to go home the big boy first carefully hiding the mallet under the stone from whence he had taken it then all the children went away presently kane awoke and gradually remembered his dream in preparing to rise he turned around and there close to where his head had lain was the big stone he had seen in his dream how strange he thought expecting he hardly knew what he raised the stone and there lay the mallet he took it home with him and following the example of the children he had seen in his dream shook it at the same time calling out gold or rice silk or sake whatever he called for immediately flew out of the mallet so that he could have everything he wanted and as much of it as he liked kane being now a rich and prosperous man cho was of course jealous of him and determined to find a magic mallet which would do as much for him he came therefore to kane and borrowed seed rice which he planted and tended with care being impatient for it to grow and ripen soon it grew well and ripened soon and now cho watched daily for the swallows to appear and to be sure one day a flight of swallows came and began to eat up the rice cho was delighted at this and drove them away pursuing them to the distant field where kane had followed them before there he lay down intending to go to sleep as his brother had done but the more he tried to go to sleep the wider awake he seemed presently the band of children came skipping and jumping so he shut his eyes and pretended to be asleep but all the time watched anxiously what the children would do they sat down in a ring as before and the big boy came close to cho's head and lifted the stone he put down his hand to lift the mallet but no mallet was there one of the children said perhaps that lazy old farmer has taken our mallet so the big boy laid hold of cho's nose which was rather long and gave it a good pinch and all the other children ran up and pinched and pulled his nose and the nose itself got longer and longer first it hung down to his chin then over his chest next down to his knees and at last to his very feet it was in vain that cho protested his innocence the children pinched and pummeled him to their heart's content then capered round him shouting and laughing 
and making game of him and so at last went away now cho was left alone a sad and angry man holding his long nose painfully in both hands he slowly took his way toward his brother kane's house here he related all that had happened to him from the very day when he had behaved so badly about the seed rice and silkworm eggs he humbly begged his brother to pardon him and if possible do something to restore his unfortunate nose to his proper size the kind-hearted cane pitied him and said you have been dishonest and mean and selfish and envious and that is why you have got this punishment if you promise to behave better for the future i will try what can be done so saying he took the mallet and rubbed cho's nose with it gently and the nose gradually became shorter and shorter until at last it came back to its proper shape and size but ever after if at any time cho felt inclined to be selfish and dishonest as he did now and then his nose began to smart and burn and he fancied he felt it beginning to grow so great was his terror of having a long nose again that these symptoms never failed to bring him back to his good behavior end of chapter 127 recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc